It's game time. Bill and T and talking sports. You're listening to the Game Day T podcast mm-hmm. with your host, Say my name, D. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the newest episode of The Game Day T. I am your host, D. Gill, and I have a wonderful episode for you today. I have the one and only Anton Heisen. Anton, welcome to The Game Day T. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's a little bit early over here on the West Coast, but you know you got to get up and get at it. (laughs) Yeah, you got to start the day fresh, you know? Exactly. Like, speaking of fresh... You have been on my mind for a while now because I have wanted to actually talk to somebody that has played the game at a professional level about what they have experienced um, on the pitch as far as homophobia. But before we tackle that, I just want my listeners, if you never heard of Anton Heisen, shame on you, but also let's get to know him a little bit. Okay, Anton, please tell me like, where were you born? What was your childhood like? Okay, so I was born 1990 in uh, Liverpool, England. Uh, sometimes when I speak like this, the way I do now is for people to understand because when I speak Scouse, that's the accent in Liverpool, okay. people don't understand me. So this is, yeah, why I speak like this. <laughs> um, I moved to Sweden when I was like four, started playing football already when I came to Sweden, uh, coming from a huge football family. My dad used to play for Liverpool. Um, my brothers, <laughs> yeah, so huge football family and uh, yeah been good my whole life everything's been good grew up here in Sweden um played a little bit in England I moved to the U.S. for college when I was 19 in North Carolina and I played for Myrtle Beach Mutiny in the MPSL uh at uh, I think it was 2015 or something 14 14 2014 so it's been a ride it's been a journey that's pretty amazing now I will have to say that when I saw you were born in Liverpool like my heart just like flutter because that is my favorite team and yeah to this day, i know you have a you never walk alone tattoo but for me when i when i hear that song i cry like yeah I, it, it's very emotional for me and like I, one day i hope to visit and go to an actual you know yeah game. yeah but you uh, you you'll love it i mean when that when that song you know and they turn up to that <laughs> it's, it's another <laughs> It's another story. It's good. I like it. Um, Especially when you have a kind of special connection to it when you're born there and one of your like family members actually played for the team. You have a certain, you know, connection towards the team. By the way, for you all listening, uh, Anton is a Sagittarius. He, um, my birthday is actually Thursday, December 3rd. So um, (laughs) happy birthday in advance, bro. (laughs) Thank you, Sagittarius, you know, (laughs) but anyway, so he's a good, he's a good guy, guys. So Anton, you mentioned that you played in America in Charlotte. Charlotte is in the South mm-hmm. um, of the United States of America. So it's really, you know, this, we got some work to do. However, Charlotte is a progressive city. It yeah. recently voted for Joe Biden in the um, election, but the remainder of the state is still kind of, yeah, we got some work to do. How was, did you experience any type of homophobia or anything like that when you were in Charlotte? Um. Don't be mad at me, but I was playing in Raleigh, but we don't, don't, don't worry because we were actually in Charlotte as well for like huge tournaments and everything. And I feel like Charlotte and Raleigh was 
like kind of the same to be fair mm-hmm. um and and, and I, I was 19 at that time so mm-hmm. i just came out to some of the teammates at that time but um to be fair and that was like 10 years ago like 2019 mm-hmm. uh See, I'm not even awake. That was 2009 or 2010. I can't remember. And but at that time, it was it was surprisingly fine. Like I didn't run into any trouble when I was there in Raleigh, in Rocky Mount, actually, mm-hmm. um, around that neighborhood. And it, it it kind of surprised me at that time because people were very more open than I thought. So it surprised me, and it was it was a good surprise. So I never really bumped into any trouble within my like team or anyone, in, you know, at school. Um, and, and so that was great. That's awesome. Now, did you come out to your family prior to coming overseas to play? Oh, yeah. They um, some of them knew before. Yeah, definitely. And, and some of them were like, you know, when you move over there, it's going to be kind of culturally different, mm-hmm. um, you know, apart from Sweden, where it's like very open and very like you know accepting towards the you know lgbtq community and everything like that and they were just like are you ready that you might bump into someone that's not as accepting as people here Mm -hmm. um and i was like yeah i mean like not everyone's gonna love you and i don't really care about that i just want to go have fun play football go to school see what happens do something new you know I didn't get a chance to play sports in college, and but I was in the march event and stuff like that, and I was yeah. kind of afraid to come out to some people. But like mm-hmm. you, it would really my experience wasn't that bad, and yeah. I would say I'm fortunate in a way that I experienced that because sometimes we don't hear that. And mm-hmm. you know, what would you say to people? Uh, let's say specifically college students or high school students about to go to college and they're still struggling to come out because they're afraid of what their peers are going to say. What would you say to them to kind of give them confidence to say it's going to be okay? I mean, this is one of the questions that always pops up and it's like really, really hard to answer it because like I can only speak for what I've, you know, seen and heard and been through. Mm -hmm. But uh, and it sounds like a cliche all the time, but like as long as you know yourself and love yourself, it sounds so like a cliche, but like it's true. As long as you know who you are and what you want to do, it's going to turn out fine. Either someone's not going to be with you, either someone's going to be with you and respect you. Like, it's all a journey and you learn from it. Um, I've had one family member who didn't like it today. They don't care and apologize and learned. And it's just a part of the whole trip. So I just feel like you're normal. You're fine. You are who you are. This world is this world. We live in it. You're gay. Boom. Go for it. Love yourself. Be proud. There will be bumps on the journey, but just you got to keep going. Like it sounds easy. It sounds very easy. It's not easy for everybody, but it's just that thing you got to know. During my, you know, way, I haven't bumped into that many people that's been like disrespectful towards me. But yes, there are a few out there. And, you know, for me, it was just like, just ignore it. They're not going to be a part of my life anyways. I'm going to, you know, see the people who are, you know, respectful towards me. And the real ones, I mean, mm-hmm. the real ones are going to be there and you will know who will stick with you for life and you will also know who won't. So for me, it's kind of rewarding. Yes. 
I, so. I, I totally agree. And for those listening, don't be afraid. I know it's easier said than done again, but if you need to move, like give yourself a better scenery, be around some more like-minded people, allies, do so because I really think your environment is very important of mm-hmm. towards your mental health, especially when you're a member of the LGBTQ community. I moved out to the Bay Area four years ago. And even though Atlanta, Georgia, that's where I'm from, is you know pretty progressive the whole state we still got some work to do it finally flipped yeah. blue in this election and voted for biden which was a very big shock however out here san francisco oakland like this is more me and i really felt like i found myself a little bit more out here so yeah. if you're kind of struggling out there to really identify with the community maybe try to move somewhere if you have the means i mean yeah even just change of the scene might just help you to realize who you are and like you know get that journey spinning get to where you want to go and then one day you'll just move back and if there's you know trouble to face you'll face it in a better way now than you would do before you know so i mean Mm -hmm. that could be one of the things that works you know obviously me growing up here in sweden has helped a lot because we're a very progressive country in certain ways so when I, when I hear, talk about football and soccer, I have mm-hmm. read that um, it could be some the crowd may display and say homophobic chants and stuff like that. Have yeah. you had the ability to block that out? Just focus on the game or does it get to you sometimes when you were playing? Um, Funny story. I've only been called one thing my entire life. And <laughs> that was not the like kind of F word that people would call it, but like kind of sort of in between in Swedish for being gay. And somebody just stood up and told them to like, shut the, and just sit down. So it was kind of cool because that was like at the start when I came out in Sweden, somebody said that F word. And then another one just said, sit them down. And then it was just solved within like seconds. I didn't really hear it because like when something, you know, like when I hear something, I block it out and it's the other way. I like, I don't care. But when that happened, I was like, oh, wow, shit, that really happened. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's, and I've played in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. I've played in North Carolina, Rocky Mount, in both of those states, in Virginia. Like, mm-hmm. I've never heard anything. But the yeah. only time I've actually heard something was like the first weeks in Sweden, and it was one person. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's lucky or anything, but I've never heard anything more than that time. Wow, that's awesome. And I just, that's my way of saying to people when they, you know, when they're about to come out, like young people or anything, regardless like what kind of subject we're talking about, if they don't know you, if they don't want you any good, like who cares? Just hear it, block it, boom. They're not supposed to be a part of your life anyway. So why waste energy on that? That what you just said, I love because sometimes when we're doing these interviews and there are a lot of sad stories don't get me wrong they need to be told right because we need to bring awareness to people that may participate in that type of behavior to say this is not okay however it's good to hear stories where it's like hey you know i really didn't have any experience like that so Mm -hmm. so more and more people can feel comfortable and say okay well maybe it's not going to be that bad and bring that out so i appreciate you um, sharing that with me Yeah, yeah yeah absolutely now, I do have to ask, because um, where I'm from, there's a very big down low culture, you mm-hmm. know, like guys that are, 
I don't even know if they identify as bisexual or not, or maybe just closeted gay, but have wives, girlfriends, and still, you know, talk to guys. Now, without naming any names, can you say you've had any experience of like that in your years of playing where you've had guys come up to you and just like, hey, you know, I'm really so-and-so, so-and-so, and you want to date or anything like that? Because I, I it's, it bothers me that you know, we hear about your story coming out and the first mm -hmm. open gay player in about like 20 years, right? But mm -hmm. come on, really? Do we really think that's true? Uh, there's a, there's a, I feel like I know that there's a lot of people out there who ain't, you know, who ain't true about, you know, their, their sexuality. And, you know, I can't blame any, anybody. Like, you do what you want to do. True. If you want to live privately and don't be out, you can't say anything about it. It's yeah. your life, your decision. I respect that. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, definitely. There's a lot of people out there who are gay, bisexual, or or anything close to that, and don't want to come out. I mean, I've met people, talked to people, um, and and you know, I've had people on the same football team that I played with who who have asked or tried to do stuff, mm -hmm. but then realize, oh, well, I have a girlfriend, so it doesn't work, and I can't be this gay guy. And I'm like, I mean, you do whatever you want to do. Like, yes. it, it might sound easier than done, but it's like, be free, do what you want. Mm -hmm. So yes, that's maybe one of the things that we have to work with in the future, you know, in order for everybody to be who they want to be. Like this guy that I met who had a girlfriend might not be like that in 30 years, you know, you never mm -hmm. know. So yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. sad because there's a lot of people out there who, who, you know, portray to be somebody they're not just to, you know, work in society I was that guy. I had a girlfriend for like three years and I wanted to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, but then I realized that's, that's just a lie. Why, why do I need to live like that? Yeah, exactly. I had a girlfriend in high school and um, she kind of found out about me via some emails that got like really spread all over the high school. It was very yeah. soap opera ish. And she like snatched me up in the hallway. Was like, you gay? I was like, oh, shit. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> I know. So it was like, I didn't really come out myself. It was like, she, yeah. you know, so, but anyways. But I want to add something that we, um, I'm sure we're going to get to all types of different uh, discussions, but I also want to say that, okay, so I haven't heard a lot of stuff when I've been playing, but I've also, I've been one of the guys that have been bullying a gay person. And we've done a TV show about that in Sweden couple of years ago when I publicly uh, apologized and we talked about what happened. Um, and it's, you never really hear that either. You, uh, you often hear about us being the victims, but I actually um, bullied a, a gay guy in school when we were in like third grade. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like I've learned from that. I was the insecure person. I was an idiot. I didn't know who I was. And I was probably super super annoyed that this guy already knew who he was and he wanted to be this openly gay guy mm -hmm. so he did his own thing and he realized it earlier than i did and then i had to go and attack that because mm -hmm. maybe i wanted to be that person yeah. so i think it's it's really important for you know everyone the bullying guy the one who's being bullied everyone to step out and you know admit or you know that you've done wrong and that you want to change or that you know, you want to come out and explain. So I feel like a story like that is important to bring into this as well. Well, it is because I knew at round seven, eight, something was different in me. Yeah. And, you know, what was your experience like around that young age? You said you bullied somebody in third grade. Because did you kind of know something was a little bit different from what you were being told? And yeah, 
you know, I wanted to be that football guy and I want that girlfriend. I want everything to work the way like everyone else had it in security. I was insecure. Mm -hmm. And therefore, when you're unsure what you want to do or you're afraid, you do stupid stuff and say stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe not everyone, but I did that. And I'm ashamed of it. But, you know, I've dealt with that now. But yeah, definitely. I knew it when I was younger. It was in the back of the head, but I was, you know, I was blocking it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess a part of this journey that I had from then was important to have because I am who I am today. And it, it has helped a lot. All right, everybody, we got to take a short little break. We got to have these advertisements. You know, got to keep the show afloat. <laughs> we'll be right back with the game day tea. All right, everybody, welcome back to the game day tea. I'm your host, D. Gill, and I'm talking to Anton Heisen, professional soccer player. So a big controversial subject right now in the public schools in America is should LGBTQ history be taught? And based off of your story and, you know, what I've personally been through, I would yeah. say if I've had some type of curriculum in school to say, hey, this is what this is, maybe you're identifying as this, here are some avenues and some resources for you to talk about this, maybe to a counselor in private, maybe come after school, before school, say, knock on the door, yeah. hey, I'm learning about guys and other guys being together and i think yeah. that may be what what do you think about adding that in the curriculum in schools everywhere i mean that would be amazing i mean we all need to learn and talk about new stuff and since this hasn't happened before this is a perfect thing to do um unfortunately i don't know i'm not even sure if we're doing it in sweden uh, we're a very open country but i feel like that would be a great thing to you know talk about everywhere and if that is the case in the U.S. right now where you want to like fit that in, I think it's a great idea because people can identify. You can actually start talking about it um, in these classrooms where, you know, people have been bullied and bullied. So, I mean, like it's mm -hmm. it's great to you know talk about that. It's great to talk about everything, to have an open discussion about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm all for that. Me, me as well. And to those people out there that are saying, oh, you're going to be forcing it down my child's throat and yada, 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 you're going to turn mm -hmm. them gay or you're going to turn them lesbian or whatever. Look, every time I turned on the TV and I was younger, I don't know about you, Anton, but here we go <laughs> to see, you know, straight yeah, people. Yeah. It's like, why can't our, what we view as a society in the year 2020 be a more holistic view instead of just straight? You know, it's, it's getting better now, but for yeah, those yeah. who are out there are thinking that, oh, it doesn't need to be in the schools, it could really probably help your child. And in some cases, it's the matter of life and death. It is, I mean, yeah, it's very and, that serious. Is that serious? And what they don't really know is that, you know, as you just said, one little sentence or a little bit of help could just help a kid mm -hmm. from, you know, doing something really bad to harm themselves. So, I mean, these things are very important and it could save people save people's lives as what you're just saying. Um, and I mean, it could change the mind of a bullier, like of someone who's like, it could change my mind. If we just talked about it in school, I was just an insecure kid. So I'm not going to do any <laughs> excuses here, but it mm -hmm. can really help people. Yeah. Both ways, parents, kids, everything, teachers. Now, did you feel the pressure to perform at like a higher level than most due to your sexuality? Um, not really. No, I, that wasn't really a thing that I was, I was thinking about. No, I just wanted to play football and be like everybody else. Definitely not better than anyone else. But I did feel like 
sometimes if I had that extra beer or a little bit of tobacco like we do in Sweden, <laughs> okay. uh, I would feel like more of a man. But then that phase just, you know, it, it kind of vanished pretty soon. Like it was just for a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to play football the way I want to do it. And if you don't like it, then I don't really care. <laughs> That's amazing because um, I really think every LGBTQ person, and I hope, has that year, that moment where we're just like, you know what? F that. I'm yeah. going to do what I wanted to do. Exactly. Like, I, I've had that moment growing up where my uncle came up to me and pulled me aside and he was like, you know, you need to get right with the Lord. You need to repent your sins. And yeah. it, it, I get it where he's coming from. You know, that's that's where he grew yeah. up. That's how he grew up. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? No, I'm I'm done trying to be somebody else for everybody else. Yeah. This is who I am. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's important for people to hear that may be struggling with um, identifying as some someone in the LGBT community or are feeling accepted in your community. It's okay. absolutely it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I, yeah, I totally agree. Do you feel like you are a role model for athletes in general, not just football, but just to say, Hey, it's okay to be out. Look at me. I'm doing well. You can be successful. Would you call yourself a role model for athletes out there? I think it's so hard when people ask me that because I feel like such a diva or egoistic when I say like, oh, I see myself as a like role model. <laughs> but it is, I did set you up there. I'm <laughs> it's, it's flattering. It's really flattering. But I always say like this, you know, if I can just be myself, do what I want to do, talk about what I want to do and live my life, have my pictures taken with my boyfriend and just playing football, just having fun. If mm -hmm. that could be seen as a role model or helping out, reaching out, then absolutely. I'd happily take that. That's um, awesome. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I never thought it would come to that. And, you know, when that question, you know, when people ask me that, I'm like, wow, is that still something you ask me? I'm like, wow, I'm flattered. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's for me, you know, I, I never thought in a long time that I would be doing podcasting and I'm very grateful yeah. that I am, but I've yeah. got a message that said like, wow, you're doing something right now that, we don't see in the African-American community. Like, see? Good yeah. job. We're here. You know, like, oh, talking about, like, well, we talk about sports, obviously, but being a gay man, gay black man in America talking about sports, you don't hear it that often. And you, and I was like, hey, if you think I'm proud, if you think I'm, like, doing something very awesome out there that's out of the ordinary, thank you, because, you know, not to my own horn, but I appreciate that. Uh, I want to ask you this question. What do you think we need to do to improve LGBT inclusion in sports? That's also a really hard question because, you know, I was just a football player and I just kind of like shoved this debate to the people who work with these questions. But I, like, I always thought that we could start with like the education here in Sweden where you have these like, you know, kind of a lecture plan. If you become like a coach or if you're like a ref or anything like higher up and like, a team or a board or whatever where you have like just like the lgbtq um history or like uh mm -hmm. learning system you could have that in sports where you learn about everything how you talk about it 
and they've started now having these like certified clubs with the LGBTQ uh, community. So, you know, that's always a start to talk about it more, teach the young kids, have this locker room talk. So we've started a little bit in Sweden everywhere talking about it. Obviously you need to like push it more and do it everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, definitely start on the low level to the kids. So they know like that they can talk about it and learn about it. But also these coaches, you know, the people who are coaches on the teams, they need to know how to talk, how to deal with these things. And, you know, the higher up board members, they need to know what's up. Right. So That's definitely more knowledge to learn more, to talk more for the people who don't even know about these things. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up about the coaches, because I've heard stories of coaches you can use in derogatory terms towards the LGBTQ community. Now, did yeah. you experience that personally growing up? Me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 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 for me, also another thing what I've learned in my journey in life is that I myself in denial has said that, like, don't play like that or don't do it like that. Don't be a bunch of blah, blah, blah. So mm -hmm. I've personally, I've done it myself, but then I realized like, wow, you know, I'm one of the guys in this team, even though it doesn't offend me personally, it can offend so many others. And that could be the thing where they don't want to come out and they don't feel safe and, and there's a lot of things I'm still learning about as well. But yes, these coaches, I've heard them, you know, and it, it, it keeps going. So mm -hmm. that's why I think like one of these plans are like deals where you could just teach all these coaches when they become a coach to learn how to actually talk or and how to express themselves. Mm -hmm. If there's a player on the team that needs to talk about anything. So that's why I think it's really, really important with the coaches, because that's where everything starts, especially yeah. in a team. Mm -hmm. And we need to continue to call them out and, and hold them you know, accountable. They will learn. I mean, hopefully. And then they can like just restart everything. Some people don't, but some people just need to learn. Mm -hmm. and, and I heard the argument saying, well, how can you reprogram a grown ass man to rethink this and that? It starts somewhere. Because Yeah. And, and, and you know, like, I think it's also pretty like it's unfair it's a fair line sometimes when to restart a fully grown like some people has you know they've been growing up in a different time some people don't think the same way as we do today it takes mm -hmm. time for some people and you know i've had examples where i have friends their families are from like different countries in different times you know where it's been a very cultural difference that today understands a little bit more mm -hmm. um that are more accepting today than they were before. So sometimes it takes time, but as you said, you need to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And even the people in the business, in the LGBTQ like community has done things. They've done things that are wrong that they've learned today. And we still learn, everybody learn. Oh yes. Um, and for, for me personally, um, learning to for correct pronouns and teaching people about pronouns and having these hard debates with people that don't agree with them and say, no, this is where they're coming from. This is how they feel. They are who they identify as. I don't mm -hmm. care what you may think of it as, but this is what they identify, especially in the trans community. You know, it's like, we really need to stick up for them and tell people no, what you're doing is wrong and it's offensive. And if somebody called you out of what you uh, identified as you would be feeling the same way so yeah I really and i'm learning that. a lot about that too i mean one of my one of my better friends right now is doing this whole transition plan from you know she was one of the best uh, handball players in the country and is now 
transitioning into a man. So it's like, I'm still learning so many things about that. So we can all learn about it. Mm-hmm. And for, for those of you out there listening, don't, don't beat down people, you know, let's educate yeah. in a nice way. Because when we start beating them down, well, you didn't comment. It, nah. Well, then we just, everybody's on the edge and yeah. we get defensive in that matter. But Anton, I really, really appreciate you know, this talk, because so many people need to hear that message from you that don't even yeah. know that they need to hear this message. So I appreciate you coming on the game day two with me today. Now I have to, before I let you go, I do have to ask you a couple of little cool questions that I go found on, out. <laughs> so you like tattoos and roller coasters, correct? Very much, very okay. much. How many tattoos do you have? Lost count. Don't even know. <laughs> They're literally everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, and um, favorite roller coaster. But now I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, favorite roller coaster. Ooh, see, I was in LA. Or maybe it was I think it's like uh, what's that park? Uh, the uh, the um, Six Flags. Maybe it's called Six yes, Flags. Six Flags Magic Mountain has. There was one called X two i think and they were spinning backwards as you were like going in loops and there were fire and i was like you know what i could just live on this thing (laughs) (laughs) no that is one of my favorites too i went there by myself sad Uh, but i had a a really good time now let me tell you i'm a, a roller coaster enthusiast as well and so we have to go to cedar point ohio it's like the roller coaster capital of gosh the world so we have to go Mm -hmm. there um tell me something that the average person may not be able to google or listen and then they might not know about you tell me something about that my god that question comes up all the time like Mm -hmm. i feel like everybody knows everything (laughs) um i mean some people know this but like i'm very very interested in languages and i know a lot about languages so Mm I have a, like a little bit of a, you know, talent. I'm talented in, you know, languages. I know a few. That's pretty cool. Now I I do want to go to Sweden one day because you should. Um, I should. One of my favorite um, EDM artists. I love EDM. Uh, Avicii, he passed away. But, yeah. Um, when I went to Tomorrowland in Belgium, I, all the Sweden people were so nice. And I'm not even just saying that to exaggerate. Like, yeah, yeah, they yeah. were so nice and very prideful of their country. Yeah. And it, it was just amazing. So if I were to go to Sweden, give me a couple of things that I just must do and check out. Okay. So first of all, like when you when you travel to a country, you always like I feel like everyone wants to go to the capital. Stockholm mm-hmm. is great, it's beautiful. We're a bit of a we've been like a little bit of a rivalry going on with my city and them. I'm in Gothenburg, the second biggest city. So know that you have to go to another city, not only Stockholm. Okay. But I think people should go up the north, like the north of Sweden. We have a lot of beautiful nature up there, really nice people, great history, you know, the animals, everything. It's amazing up there. Um, and obviously you could go to Gothenburg, the second biggest city. Stockholm is the capital. Go to Malmö, third biggest city. But like generally just feel free, go anywhere. People are so nice. It's, it's, everyone speaks English, so it won't be a problem. Okay. Um, and don't bring that much cash. It's more like cards here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. What is, so, um, what is the gay scene like in Sweden? That's well, so you- interesting. Um, because 
I feel like it's such an open country that you could just go anywhere. Like I go everywhere, anywhere. Like I don't really go to gay bars here or gay clubs. And and in Gothenburg, we only have one gay club, one gay bar. So like I can go anywhere. And for me, the these bars, they don't really play the music that I usually listen to. So I just like kind of like vibe everywhere. Sometimes I end up there as well. You never know. But as you know, it's so open, so you can just end up anywhere. Wow. So I feel like the gay scenes everywhere. <laughs> that's awesome. So you f- people feel comfortable and everything like that. Don't have to yeah. worry about it. That's awesome. See, I'm going to Sweden. That's it. Somebody, hey, you listen and sponsor me to go out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like when I went to the U.S. and like went to the U.S., like practically lived there. Um, <laughs> I was in Texas last summer and I felt like when I went to Austin and Dallas, uh-huh. obviously I've just been, been there like one time, but it seems pretty open in some places where me, where myself didn't really think it would be that open. So I've learned a lot about that too, that USA like itself in some places, it's very, very open that I never thought it would be. So I've learned a little bit as well. (laughs) I have friends in Austin. I've never been, but I've heard it's pretty, you know, Austin is amazing. So I have to check that out too, but you know, I don't want to hold you so long. I I really, really appreciate your time coming on here talking about this subject today and everybody out there, please be yourself be true be you be fierce anton if people wanted to just be nosy and follow you and see what you're doing where can people do that i mean i'm mostly on instagram my name anton heisen just go in there because on twitter i just moan about my football team (laughs) liverpool all the time and say that this player is not good this player is good so you don't want to follow that but go to Instagram and I'll be there with my stories and stuff. <laughs> did good this year though. Liverpool did. I mean, they won. I mean, we won, but right now everybody's injured. We're losing and this yeah. one's got Corona and I'm like, oh, cut it out. <laughs> I, and I have to say, I have the biggest crush on Mo Salah. That he's that... such a good player. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. He's so quick. Yes, he's, he's really good and cute. I love everyone on that team. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sometimes I do criticize players for not being too good, but I guess. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys, everybody take care. Keep your head up and enjoy your week. Yeah, all right. Bye bye. Bye.